Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. So let's pray to get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Alright. So, we've, we've, we've actually told ourselves why we pray. Why we pray. And three things we've established that Satan wants to do. Very important. Number one, Satan wants you destroyed by deception. Satan wants you destroyed by deception. And I want to say this very importantly. Do not underestimate, do not underestimate the intention of Satan in your life. Don't underestimate it. Don't one of the one of the one of the most foolish things to do in battle is to underestimate your enemy. To just assume that your enemy do not, you know, or does not really want to harm you. Alright? So don't don't underestimate the the intention of Satan, you know, to deceive. Um, I had, you know, I, something, I hardly post some of those things, but some of you who follow me on my status, so I posted something yesterday about uh, a university in the UK, University of Exeter, uh, they want to start offering degrees in magic, master's degree in magic and occultism. Okay, so... Um, someone sent it over to me, so I checked it, went to the school website, actually saw that it's something they were beginning to offer. And, uh, you know, so I was thinking about it, and I was like, uh, you know, the, the symbol of whatever the department was, was this, you know, which they use in Harry Potter. Well, part of the curriculum is witchcraft and all that, so. <laughs> you know, and I was just thinking, I said, oh, you know, when Harry Potter came out, it looked like a novel, it looked like all these, you know, it's just a novel, it's nothing. Those guys are very intentional. So I sat my kids down yesterday and I told them, never read any book that has magic on it again. Don't, don't read. I said, magic is not God's perfect will. If you need book on how God works, how God raised the dead, I'm going to give you supernatural books. But from today onwards, no magic film in this house, no magic book in this house. If you want to know about how the power of God works, We'll give you God's general. Because if we're not intentional, we cannot... Un- That's why your children will now leave church and go and be pursuing magic. Because they have crafted a curriculum. Why am I saying all of this? And you know me, I'm not those one of those preachers who see 666 in everything. But if people can be so intentional to, ha- to offer a master's degree in magic, you will know that it was not today they started thinking about that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So as Christians, we don't underestimate the intention. I didn't say the power. Please pay attention to my use of words, right? I didn't say we don't underestimate the power of the enemy. What do I say? We don't underestimate their intention to deceive us by, uh, to destroy by what? By deception. Don't underestimate it. Don't underestimate it. And saints of God, we are in a serious warfare. We are in a serious warfare. And that's very critical. Number two, we say Satan wants you walking out of the will of God. And that's this is what we're going to really deal with 
tonight. Satan wants you to walk out of the will of God. Satan doesn't care if you're living in this life and but you are out of the will of God. And number, number three, we say Satan wants you to remain a carnal Christian. A Christian that never grows up at the same level every year. Dealing with the same demons, dealing with the same issues year in, year out. It's just like moving in circles. What did the Bible say about the children of Israel? It says, you've turned around this mountain for too long. Take your journey and move northward. How many of you know the, pro- the, the, the promised land is of no benefit to you if you keep turning around in circles? Hello? So, Satan wants you a carnal Christian. You deal with the same issue year in, year out. The same emotions year in, year out. The same story. You never get into, the, into Canaan land because you know what? Your maturity is of advantage to the kingdom. Your immaturity is an, uh, is an advantage to Satan because he will play on you. So let's not underestimate the fact that we're in a warfare. Let's not underestimate the fact that Satan wants to impede the progress of the kingdom of God. And saints, the earlier we realize it, the better for every one of us. So we said three things. Satan wants you destroyed by deception. Satan wants you walking out of the will of God. And Satan wants you remaining a carnal Christian. So instead of introducing our children to the supernatural, they introduce our children to the negative supernatural. And it is supernatural that is devoid of God and that's full of evil. And that's very intentional. That's very intentional. So, we are dealing with the second thing today. On Satan wants you walking out of the will of God. And I want you to pay very close attention because it's very important for us to understand that what concerns God in your life is His will. That's what concerns God. See, child of God, God does not care what car you drive. He doesn't care what kind of house you live in. Heaven's agenda in your life is, is this my child, right? In the will of God. And to tell you, fulfilling the will of God is not easy. You don't think it's easy. It's never easy. Now, let's look at this. Let's look at this. The word will is the word telema. It means will desire. It means a decision, a purpose, or a design. So, I want you to see the will of God, not just... I was teaching in Port on grace, the enabling... Uh, Grace, the enabling power of God. And I was talking about how grace enables us, not only saves us, but enables us to walk in the will of God. Now, the word will in the Greek actually means decision, purpose, or design. What that means is that the will of God is not just the desire of God. It's actually the purpose and the design of God for your life. Right? The purpose and the design of God for your life. Now, I don't know about you, but growing up, I was taught to be afraid of the will of God. And I think some of us have, still have that fear, right? You know, in, in those days we felt like if we marry the will of God for our lives, the will of God will be ugly. We just felt, you know, God should just allow us to choose this one. You can choose any other thing. I don't know how we got that fear, but we just felt if we allowed... And some of you here, the reason you are not yielded to the will of God is you feel once you just say yes to God, you will say be a preacher. So most times we interpret the will of God to be either answering, you know, the call to full-time ministry or... We also see the will of God to be something we don't really like. So, the, 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 the way the enemy makes us not to walk in the will of God is we feel that if I say yes to God and God lets your will be done in my life, God will make me do all the things I don't want to do. But that's not true. That's not true. You know, sometimes, I mean, it's the grace of God, but... People comment the way I teach a lot. I mean, I, I get a lot of commendations from people all over. 
about how I teach. I mean, one of the pastors coming in for the faith conference wrote something on Facebook today about the simplicity of how I teach, the message of faith and everything. Now, I always love to teach. I mean, and most of you know my story. I mean, not being a pastor, what I was aiming at was to be a professor in university. I mean, and one of my aims of being in university, <laughs> when I was going to university to teach, was the fact that every student that stays in my class, I will be able to teach them to get an A. That, that, was, that was my mind. Just teach people. People can understand if you teach them simply enough. Now, you'd realize that, but the Lord wants me in ministry. And then, you know, in quotes, Satan shows me all this poverty, all this suffering in ministry, and I feel, you know what? I'm not going to do ministry. I'm going to work as a lecturer, of course, serve God, and really use my money to sponsor the will of God. How many of you think that if I was lecturing social studies in University of Portacourt, my life would not have made much meaning as it's making now? You don't think, should I go there? All right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be here, somebody else might be. But, you see, two things. The will of God is not necessarily what you don't want to do. The will of God is taking that thing he has placed in you to serve his kingdom. Now, it might also be the will of God that I should not be in ministry and I should be lecturing somewhere. I don't know if you understand, but what I'm trying to explain to you is stop being afraid of the will of God. So God is not going to, for instance, I'm not a very, I don't like, I don't like science as such. I'm not a very scientific person. God is not going to, from his will, now turn me to an astronaut. No, because he didn't put it in me. And that's what I want you to see. The Greek meaning of the word will also means design. Design. The will of God for your life has already been designed from birth. It's rather that you aligning and allowing the Lord lead you in what? In that direction. Can you say amen? Now, go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Talking about Jesus. Why should we pray? You know, when we say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, when you read that scripture, when you read that, you say, you see how God designed on your inward parts. Hmm? Your design. Hebrews chapter 11. Chap- chapter 10, sorry. Hebrews 10, verse 5. Look at this. It says, therefore, when it comes into the world, into the world, when it comes into the world, he says, sacrifice that often you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. Right? In whole bond offerings and sacrifice for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then, then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me to do what? To do your will, O God. In the book, it is written. In the book, it is written to do your will, O God. So there is the will of God for your life. And one of the reasons we pray, remember the, the Lord's Prayer, as it's called, that we're talking about, right? Your will be done where? On earth as where? I didn't hear that. Your will be done where? On earth as it is where? In heaven. Okay. Are your names written in heaven? Yes. Is there something your name is written against in heaven? Or is there a plan of heaven for your life? Yes. How will that will of God in heaven be done on the earth? Through prayer. You have to pray it. You have to pray. And let me tell you, doing the will of God on the earth is not easy. And I'll show you. Why Jesus even told the disciples to pray? So Jesus says, in the volume of the book, it's written of me to do thy will. It's written of me to do thy will. Every one of you seated here tonight listening to me, and everyone who listens to this message, there is a heaven will for you. There is something God wants you to do. There is a design for you. And the enemy is excited if you don't walk in that design. And you know what? Every day you have to yield to the will of God. 
Praise God. Are you here? Go to Hebrews 5, 7. Hebrews 5, 7. One of the, the only prayer we are praying tonight is, Lord, give me the grace to yield to your will every day of my life for the rest of my life. Hebrews 5, 7. Look at this. He says, in the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his prayer. Jesus was praying. Give me the amplified version of the New Living Translation. The Bible says, in the days of his flesh, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up what? Definite special petitions for that which he not only wanted, but needed. And supplications with strong crying and tears to him who was always able to save him. Not what he wanted, but what he needed. He says he offered it with tears. These are not prayers you pray casually with hands on your pocket, your, your eyes on WhatsApp, and you say, Oh Lord, I really pray I'm going to do your will. Madam, you will not enter the will of God like that. Jesus prayed with strong tears. You know why? Because your flesh will fight the will of God. Do you realize, when it finally came to the time for Jesus to die on the cross, what did Jesus pray? How many remember? Garden of Gethsemane, what did Jesus pray? No, no, no. There was a man, he said, he said if it is if it is your will, or if it is possible, what did he say? Let this cup pass away. And he was the one that was telling James when the mother of Zebedee brought it to and said, can you drink of the cup that I wanted to drink? He was, was boasting in the cup. Now they have brought cup. He says, let this cup pass away. Listen to me. When you come in contact with the will of God, your flesh will desire that the will of God, you should not obey it. That's why you need prayers. So Jesus did not go to the cross just, oh, he was Jesus, it was easy for me. He, it was not easy for him to obey God. And let, let me make this very simple. It's when you walk and meet someone you need to forgive. Right? What's your, what's your flesh going to tell you? It does not deserve forgiveness. What will the Spirit say? Forgive. You know that battle can only be won if you are a person of prayer. How many people every day want to walk in the will of God? Offense in their heart, bitterness in their heart, all kinds of stuff in their heart. And if you trace why they are offended and they are bitter, simple matters. Oh, simple matters. You see couples quarreling over size of yam. If it's not demonic, what can that be? One of the greatest things you will ever do in your life is to pray to actually walk in the Spirit every day. Because every day, the enemy has programmed something to cause you to walk in the flesh. We're not even talking about the higher dimension of God's will. And I was sharing with a brother, and he sent me something. I posted something, and he sent me something. He left this island, went to Lagos, had a good job. And after one year, the Lord said, go back to Bonnie Island. I want you to walk with children. The guy came here. Is working and earning four times less than what he's earning in Lagos. How many of you think that will require some prayer? <laughs> you don't think so? I know that's the part that you don't really want to get into. Because we have been taught that everything about the will of God means progress in the natural. Look at this. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up definite special petition for that which he not only wanted, but needed. Now, let's go to that scripture. 
Hmm? So in the days of his flesh, he prayed with loud cries. First Peter 2.21 talks about us following the footsteps of Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. Let's look at that. We pray so that the will of God will be done on the earth. Our bodies referred to as the earth. So that the will of God will be done in this body. So that our life will be used to carry out the will of God. If not, you would walk out of divine purpose. You walk out of divine plan. You know, I've been studying the life of Judas and I keep wondering if Judas was praying the times he said they should pray. Yeah. Because, let me explain something. For you, to, for you to sit under the ministry of Jesus to be... Let me tell you something. Even though they said someone would betray Jesus, Judas' name was not there. Just as they said, a virgin shall give birth. It, there wasn't Mary's name. There was something in the life of Judah that made that prophecy compatible with him. So whether negative prophecies or positive prophecies, prophecies most times do not have individuals to fulfill them. There is a conditioning of the heart that makes a man compatible with prophecies. And that's why, regardless of the prophecies spoken over your life, if you don't have a heart condition, you won't walk in them. It should be great prophecies, but there is a condition of the heart for prophecies to come to pass. God can say you have a great future, but if you have habits that undermine that future, you will not walk in it. I've been studying the life of Judas and I, was, and, and I keep wondering why a man who sat under Jesus for three and a half years could still fail in life. He had all the parables and let me tell you, Jesus had no officer in his ministry team. The only one person he appointed officially was Judas. And if somebody says, keep my money, that's a level of trust. And like as I was running, Judas had the, you know, Judas was in meetings where Jesus would teach and people would have thoughts and he would answer those thoughts. Right? He would answer. Say, why are you thinking? And answer. And I've seen that work a bit in, in the teaching ministry. I'll be teaching and I'll make a statement and I'll just feel in my spirit, like on Sunday, oh, some people have questions or so, I'll just deal with it. But this one, Jesus would actually pick the thoughts. <laughs> Judas sat under that ministry and still was stealing. From Jesus. It means that all the notes he took, all the messages he heard, didn't get into him. And it's amazing that a man can know the will of God for his life, but still choose to walk out of it. And that's why you need to pray. I've seen people boldly say, I know this is what God wants me to do, but I really don't feel like doing it. And they are confidently saying that kind of statement. One of the cries we are going to cry to God tonight is a heart that is yielded to God. Let me tell you, child of God, there is a church you should be in, there is a pastor you should be submitted under, there is a place you should be in, there are relationships you should be in, and you make up your mind that you will not allow the flesh to cut you away from those things. Can you say amen? amen. Right. Let's look at this. Let's look at the story. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. I want us to spend... Some good time today, just praying. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. And he said, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain and keep watching me. And he went a little bit and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, is it possible? Let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples, praise God, and found them sleeping and said to Peter, so you, you men could not watch with me for an hour? He says, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. He said, the spirit is willing, 
but the flesh is weak. Why do we pray? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You pray so that the flesh will follow the spirit. If I ask everybody now, they want to serve God. Why don't you want to serve God? Oh, I want to serve God. Why are you not serving God? Right? If we take a poll right now and say, how many of you took time to pray in these last two weeks? You say, ah, Pastor, honey, I really plan to pray. I really plan. See, I'm not giving you any form of principle or logic. But the minimum you should spend in prayer as a developing Christian is one hour. You should at least be able to give God one hour of your day in prayer. You see all these things that you go into the day, you quarrel with the bike man, quarrel with your landlord, it's because you haven't spent time in prayer. Every little thing irritates you. Every little thing. I mean, for some people, the enemy does not need to come against them with full strength. Just tickle them a little. They have fallen so flat. Just set up a bike man not to give them the right change at the right time. The whole day is scattered. It's gone. That, that one is, they just set you up. Or for some, it's as little as just make the rain pretend as if it wants to fall. You see dark clouds and your day is gone. And you think it's your personality. No, it's the enemy deceiving you to walk out of the will of God. Hmm? See, you know, at a time you need to ask yourself, why can I not sustain one month of spiritual favor? Hmm? This week you are on fire. The next two weeks, bam, you are back. How will the purposes of God be achieved like that? How will the plans of God be The destinies God have tied to your destiny, how will they come into fusion and how will they come into manifestation? A time must come where we grow above the lesser battles of life and start contending for territories for God, for souls for God, for schools for God, for nations for God. Even when it comes to your own life, a time comes where you trust God to bless you beyond what to eat, what to drink, so that you can begin to give more to the Lord. It says, He loved our nation and built us a synagogue. If our life will count, it will be in this generation, not the next one. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's read on. And he came to the disciples, verse 40, and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we dominate the flesh by praying. Verse 42, he went away again second time and prayed, saying, Father, my Father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Praying the will of God. Praying the will of God. When the Lord asked us to come to this island to pioneer this church, it wasn't an easy decision. Because the Lord was specific. You know, someone had just blessed us with a car maybe a year or two. The Lord was specific. Give this car to this particular person. Give all your clothes to your youth. I was, living, I was in charge of the youth then. We had, we had, a, we had a business we are doing. Shut it down. And that's how the Lord led us here. <laughs> the will of God. The will of God. 
Don't you think it would have been easier to cross the car, you know, bring the business, and start to support yourself at least when you are starting the church? The will of God. And every day we face the flesh or the will of God. It's by prayer you yield to the Lord. You know, sometimes you can pray great prayers about your future. When it's time to enter into it, your flesh stops you from entering into it. Your flesh is so strong, it pulls you from walking in it. See, let me tell you, God has great plans for us if we yield to Him. Something the Lord is laying in our heart that we'll share later, you know, is not anything in our plan. But, you know, towards, towards the end of this year, the Lord began to highlight that, began to bring it up, began to bring it up, began to bring it up. And one of these days, I was praying about it. I was really praying about it. And, you know, myself and Pastor would just say, Lord, if this is not your will, I mean, we're just fine. And the Lord spoke something to my heart. He said, I can trust you to obey me. He said, I can trust you to obey me. That, that, that was encouraging to my heart. The Lord said, I can trust you to obey me. I can trust you. And I do believe that the assignment the Lord is putting in our heart is also an assignment probably He would have given to people and they haven't, they haven't responded in the most accurate way to it. Not my will. Jesus had to pray with loud tears. If you read this scripture, it says He prayed and it was like bloods were dropping out. That's how much Jesus prayed to enter into God's will. Imagine if they come into this place now and we are praying and it looks like blood is dropping from your forehead and they say, what are you praying about? He says, so I can obey God. He says, ah, it does not take that much now. Why are some people so carnal that for years they can't press into the will of God? They haven't taken it serious. These are not prayers you pray that you don't want to disturb anybody. These are prayers you go far away so you can pray loud. To be yielded to the plan of God. See, my prayer for every one of you today is that God's will for your life, you will fulfill it to perfection in the name of Jesus. That you will not fail God in any point. Hallelujah. Look at this. Verse 41 now. 43. Again he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. Look at this man with Jesus. You see, after I've studied the disciples, I've been studying the disciples of Jesus, I've concluded, I've concluded in my mind that you are only sure of yourself. I'm telling you. Jesus had twelve, took three of them and said, Come, let's pray. Hmm? The guy slept. Let me, you see, some of you think that if you were the disciples of Jesus, you would be better. It's a lie. God knows you will not be better. That's why he, he made sure you were not born there. Ensured you didn't come out and that Jesus chose you. He would have had maybe two Judas. Yeah. Jesus was praying, right? And came and warned them, Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> oh God. Warned them and said, pray guys. And Jesus went a bit further because he didn't want to be disturbed. Then look at him and say, don't go. See, don't go. That guy. That's kind of temptation. Say, give me a pillow. They, like that, they, they disobeyed. <laughs> you know, I, my mind cannot still imagine it. That Jesus warned a group of people. They still slept. And we are angry that we have preached one message and people didn't obey. 
Uh, no. You see, let me tell you. Who wants their life to be better will get better. Who does not want their life to be better will not get better. There's nothing you can do about it. And one thing I've observed over my years of pastoring, most people you cancel consistently are the ones that really don't want their life to get better. Some will just take one word, run with it. You're not one every day. You are hearing what I'm telling you now? Say yes, I'm hearing, sir. Hear it, sir. You are hearing what I asked. <laughs> you see what Jesus did? Their eyes were heavy. That means this was not casual sleep. Jesus that they were serving was praying. Blood was coming out. They saw the blood. It didn't stir them to pray. It didn't, that's why I wrote that book, Pastoring Through Prayers. A, a pastor sent me the message from Europe and told me he was reading the book. I was reading it because, you see, we have to pray for our people. I'm telling you the truth. Oh, we have to pray for our people. Oh, we have to pray. You know, you can finish preaching a message now, people walk outside. And say, I don't know, man. I don't think we are doing church here. Let him leave the pastor nation. Let him come and stay inside the Orosikir and see life. Not to stay inside there. The whole closed gates is there. Let him see life, real life. <laughs> uh, you know, because people feel preaching is, uh, we are just making up stories. Again, Junior used to ask the mom after the father has finished preaching. Is it those stories that my daddy said? Is he just is he telling the truth or they are just preacher stories when he was small? Because some of you think, ah, no. <laughs> Let's read what Jesus said. Because I want to read a few things and I want us to pray. Got it. Again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes with was heavy. And he left them again and went and prayed a third time. Say the same thing once more. You will realize something. That after the second time, Jesus did not want them again. He left them sleeping. Let me tell you, in this life, when correction stops coming to you, ask God for mercy. Yeah. You know, and how many of you have, have realized that as a parent? Eh? When you talk, 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 and the child is not listening, what do you do? You keep quiet. You see, when you keep quiet as a parent, you have made up your mind that whatever happens to this child, I've made up my mind to accept it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Once you are con- con- and I do that sometimes, you know, with the people I mentor. At a point, it now looks like, <laughs> like your own is too much in their life. Like you want you. You are more interested in their success than they are interested in their success. So at a point, you just leave. Let this life play out. Right? And see, let me tell you, in this life, don't ever forget this. If you have someone who is concerned about your life, thank God. Not many people in this life are concerned about other people's life. Let me tell you the truth. Not, there are not many people Right? That will look at you and say, Did you read your book today? Did you pray today? Have you done this? Not many, even some of you grew up in homes where your own father did not care about you. Wake up in the morning, say, Where did they go? Say, say, Okay. You ask your mother, Did you come back at night? Say, No. And that's all. That's all. 
There are not many churches you will sit in and you are fed the word. You go to some churches, it is what you have that the pastor is looking for means to extract. Jesus didn't answer them again. And you see, when the will of God is coming to you consistently and you keep rebuffing, the Lord will leave you. See, let me tell you, your obedience to God's will and disobedience to God's will will not alter the will. It's your life it will affect. Whatever God wants to do on the earth, He will do. You know what He said? He says, if you don't praise me, I will raise up stones to praise me. And you know, we sing it, I don't want stone, uh, spirit and truth. Yeah? Don't want stone to replace me or stone. Stone should not praise before I praise or something. <laughs> Whatever you, you think. Yeah. God carries stones. Look at this. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? He says, Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of the sinners. He says, Get up, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Look at verse 47. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came up and accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs, who came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he was betraying him. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss is the one I seize. And let me explain this. Let me just explain this. This actually tells us that if you walked into where Jesus was and his disciples, you will not know Jesus. It's not like today you walk into the midst and it's very obvious to know who the minister of God is. You know if they want to assassinate any pastor today, you don't even need any Judas to kiss. Once you go, you'll just know. By the arrangements, you know where the man of God is. But you see, I mean, let's leave that. But he had to use, imagine, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's use our mind. Hmm? Imagine the person who wants to betray you kisses you. How would that kiss you? Eh? It's called like, ah, master. Mm-hmm. To the master. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. Uh-huh. You see that? You see that? Ah, that's the real feeling. Like, I will go to the cross, but you will not return with four or five of your teeth intact. Look at this. Now he was betraying, gave him a sign, saying, When I kiss, is the one, seize him. Immediately Judas went to Jesus and said, Hey, Rabbi, and kissed him. Look at Judas. Hey, Rabbi, and kissed Jesus. I don't know who, who Judas thought Jesus was. You see, let me tell you something. Once you start walking in carnality, you don't have respect for spirituality anymore. Spiritual things will not mean anything to you. Right? When you start walking in Canada, we can say, let everybody pray. You will just be strolling and not be praying. You can be on WhatsApp. It doesn't mean anything to you. We can say, lift your hands and thank the Lord. You can put, at that moment, you feel like putting your hands in your back pocket. Say, God is in my heart. I thank Him in my heart. Pray in your life that spiritual things will always mean something to you. Prayers will mean something to you. You know, once in a while, I see some things on social media, so I... I snap and I send to Pastor Mary. Always joke with it. There was one I, I, I got. I haven't, I haven't sent it. So I'll tell you. Right? It's interesting. This lady was going to have CS birth, and then the husband was praying for for her. And then she took the phone and snapped the husband and 
put it on a, have a man who prays for you before you go. I'm like, they are praying for you. You still have time to take phone. It was more important to show the world that your husband, you see, that is not having value for spiritual things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, this attitude of when we say, let us pray. You are walking about, you are looking around, you are not praying. You have grown so big that a call to prayer does not matter to you anymore. Satan is at your door. And he desires to sift you. Lift your hands and thank God. You put your hands behind. People are worshipping. You take out your phone. Record everybody worshipping. Because you want to post. Why are you not worshipping? What? When did you become the cameraman of heaven? Spiritual things don't matter to you. That's why in this church we don't allow that. There's nothing you want to show. That time you should be worshipping God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That you will neglect your prayer for days, you will be okay. Ah, watch it. You know it's pride. Ah, I will make up. Huh? When you have not read your Bible, I mean, you know, I was telling a pastor friend of mine that I want to do a series on quiet time. It's something we are losing. Having your quiet time and personal devotion with God. Let me tell you, if you have that habit, don't let anything make you lose it in this life. It's the greatest single habit. I was talking to a pastor the other day I went to preach in Ghana and I was telling him, I said, this thing we are doing of praying with people in the morning every day, having this thing every day online, I said, it looks like a good thing. He said, but we are robbing people of their personal work with God. So every morning, you just tune. No, there is something God wants to speak to you. Open the Bible. He wants to teach you. He says, open my eyes that I will see wondrous things from you. Don't lose your personal quiet time with God. Don't, you are not in a hurry to do anything that will make you lose the time of fellowship with God. If you will fulfill the will of God, you must be close to the Father. The struggles of the flesh are overcome in the presence of God. Praise God. Look at this. Quickly. And Jesus came to him and said, Friend, do what you have come for. How many of you will call that kind of person friend? You see, do you know why Jesus was able to call him friend? Jesus had just spent three hours praying. Let's see the guys that didn't pray. Peter. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus, Peter, reached out, drew out his sword, from the slave of the high priest, cut off his ear. He has dropped. He said, I'm very skillful. You see, that skill is of the flesh. To enter the will of God, you might not require your human skill. You might not require your human calculation. And let me tell you something. Pay very close attention. And don't miss this. The Lord revealed this to me many years ago. And and it, it, um, it helped me to relate to the people God has placed over me. You see, if you study, and don't take my words for it, go study the scripture, you realize that Jesus was very emphatic about Peter. Most times, his name will pop up. Jesus, and you know why Jesus was emphatic about him? Simple. Peter was going to lead the Jerusalem church. And at that time, Peter had no clue that was God's purpose for him. And let me explain something to you. 
when you are in a local church and the pastor keeps speaking on you, keeps speaking on you, keeps speaking on you, it is sometimes even the pastor might not be aware of the fullness of the purpose of God for your life. You do this. When it's your turn, the attack will come. Ah, you cannot do this. Eh? And both other people, you see, because, oh, oh, you know, I was like that. There was a day my dad was preaching and used me to preach from the pulpit. That was me. I can't forget that scripture. <laughs> Book of Psalms. Say, he that will be crooked, let him be crooked still. He that will be straight, let him be. Say, Maxwell, this scripture is for you. You know when the Bible says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He said, Maxwell, this scripture, he that wants to be crooked, let him be crooked still. <laughs> ah, at the point, you know, at one time I asked my mom, I said, is this my real father? Yeah, because the man, it, it was like I could not do anything perfect for him. I would trek to photocopy an outline for him. There would be a mistake. It was a few minutes the Bible study. My dad said I should go back and return it. And you know what? Today, I didn't learn excellence from any university. The school I went to, they used to call it Fry Secondary School. They didn't teach me excellence there because even the school was not excellent. Those trainings produced excellence. I didn't read it from a book. Peter, Peter, he called Peter several times. Some of you wonder why God is on your case. There is a future for you. Come on, somebody. And that's the future you should pray and say, Lord, let me know me. May I enter into it. Because your flesh will resist it. Imagine all the little things God has helped us to do in the nations of the earth. If God did not help us to get into purpose, where will the churches be? Where will the nations be? Where will those books be? Where will the Timothy be? It's all those things the enemy sees that he always wants you not to walk in the will of God. And be conscious of it. Don't forget this message I'm teaching you tonight. Even if you forget anything, don't forget it. Every time you get up, know that, listen, there is a will, there is a purpose, there is a destiny for my life, and God wants me to fulfill it. If you read the life of Joseph, the scripture says, the acre shot through his soul. And pierced his soul. What was the piercing of his soul? His brother sold him. He was lied against. Why were all those attacks on, on, um, on Joseph's soul? So he would not become a prime minister. And what was the purpose of becoming a prime minister? To save Israel. And we are one of those who were with Jesus. Reached out, drew out his sword, struck the slave of the high priest, cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place. For all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. Look at what he said. He said, put your sword back. We are not fighting this way, not because we are powerless. It's because we are submitted to the will of God. See, there are things you will do. Hmm? Let me tell you a story. True story. I heard the man is, is late now, sadly. When we were building the... When we, are, when we started church at the other side... They introduced me to this one. He was an elder in a particular denomination that he built. So we paid him some money to buy concrete. Listen to this story. <laughs> to buy concrete and do some of the small pillars in that church. The man didn't buy concrete. He bought, um, what's it called now? Palm Canyon. Canyon, right? Palm Canyon back. That's what he bought. You know, usually, I just trust people. That's my nature. I just trust people. I, you have to prove that you are not trustworthy. So one day we were nailing something in the church. We were nailing. <laughs> oh boy. We nailed like this arm. 
some kind of started coming. Ah! You know, and it's funny because, you know, I mean, it's for people's phones. I think that's the thing for me. Church money is people's money. I really, I, 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 I you know, I hold offerings in high estate. So I called him. Ah, the man started. I was so annoyed. So obviously he went for something cheaper and everything. So I said I was going to arrest him. So I was on the bike. I was very angry. I was on the bike. As I was heading to the police station, the voice of the Lord came to me. He said, this thing you're about to do is good. He said, but you will tarnish your image even before the church starts. That what people will hear in the town about you is that pastor that arrested this one. He said, turn back. See, that was my sword. If it's some of you, you say, yes, I know. But I will deal with him. <laughs> you see, at that, you, see you, you understand? So I'm not teaching you what we do not practice. I can't tell you sometimes what we have had to let go. Sometimes. I remember a brother. <laughs> I was so upset that day. I was praying and the Lord said, apologize to him. I said, no way. This one, you will text him from heaven on my behalf. Got up the next morning. I just said, I'm sorry. We're wrong. He said, yes. Yes. <laughs> ah. In my mind, I said, Lord, Lord, one blow. Father, one blow. <laughs> see, but you know, those, you see, because walking in the spirit sometimes make you look foolish on the earth. And you don't want to look foolish. See, that thing that you don't want to look foolish, that's where prayer will conquer. Do you think it was easy for Jesus to be on the cross and he could save himself? Go on. He says, he learned, he says even though he was a son, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. I told you all the time I went to preach in Ghana. Powerful message. Powerful message. Finished preaching like this. I was sitting in front. The pastor came. Scattered everything I preached. I was sitting there. Second day I was to go and preach. He asked somebody else to come and preach. Left me in the hotel. In the evening. Came back. Took me. I preached again. He scattered everything. Then Sunday morning. He said, let me come and preach. So I said, no, no. There's no, there's no need. I said, you know, for the sake of the church and the people, you go preach. So he said, okay. But will you come? I said, oh, why not? Sat in front. The guy finished everything. I mean, finished. Told, told me apart. I just sat there. When we closed, an elder came to me. An elder came to me and said, I want to thank you for how you behaved. He said, even though our pastor was doing all of this, he said, your message blessed us. He said, but more importantly, how the next time you had opportunity, you did not try to defend yourself, blessed us much more. It was an older man. Do you think when I was sitting there? <laughs> oh boy. You know, as the guy was teaching, I was listening. For every scripture he quoted, I had four or five. I had four or five. That <laughs> my next session eh, would have been when you finish, instead of saying the Lord bless you, you say with these few points of mine, I hope I've been able to convince you. Do you understand? Like you had points, but God says keep it. Saints, what I'm teaching you tonight is not easy. This is why people do not walk in the will of God. God says, give. Your flesh says, keep it. God says, pray. 
Your flesh say one must sleep. One must sleep. Forgive. That's why you see that people will know God has called me to this place. They'll say, tell you, I'm leaving. Offense. How will you overcome? How will you overcome? You have to pray. As you know, Jesus warned Peter. I said, Satan has desire to sift you like wheat. He said, but I prayed for you. It's prayer that makes you to overcome the plans of Satan. Let, let me explain something to you about Cain and Abel. You know, God warned Cain. He says, why is your countenance like this? He says, Satan is, sin is knocking at your door. The man did not listen to God and killed his brother. Child of God, if you don't spend time in prayers, you would walk in the flesh. That's the truth. Oh, you will walk in the flesh. In fact, as we began to have prayer school, the Lord began to speak to me more about immersing ourselves in prayer for the next phase of this work. Because you know what will happen? The enemy will just start putting little, little battles around you that your life will be consumed with putting out fires. And let me tell you something. Some of you, tonight, from tonight, need to address certain things that occur in your life. You just need to address it. This, it's okay. No more. Because you're not going to spend the rest of your life going around in mountains. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This thing, I address it. This issue, I address it. This solution, I address it. Hmm? And I, that, that's one of the reasons I like Pastor Mary. Some things are not very obvious to me. She, she just <laughs> Remember one time, in this compound, we always have something going bad. We always have something going bad. We repair this one, this one will go bad. She just said, this thing we are repairing, we need to address it. I said, address it. No, and we addressed it. Oh, we did. And since that day, we've found freedom. Someone said, yeah, it was a demonic attack. I don't know, but certain things should not be reoccurring. You get well today from your head, the next thing your knee, from your knee to your back. Mm-mm. Sickness should not be traveling through your body. You stand up and you address it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That thing that makes you not to listen to counsel, address it. Anytime they are talking to you, you are very obedient. Ah, yes, sir. Oh, sir. Ah, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing. Immediately you walk out. You need to you need to address yourself. How long will you be counselled? Are you following this? Let's do some more scripture. Then we're going to pray. Hmm? Luke six. Quickly, we'll do three more scriptures and then we'll pray. Luke six. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we're not going to pray quietly. We're going to pray with loud tears that we should enter the will of God. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 13. Luke 6, 12 to 13. Okay, this was when uh, he chose. It was at that time he went off to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer. When the day came, he called his 12 to him and chose 12 of them whom he also named apostles. Your daily choices will either lead you to the will of God or lead you out of the will of God. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Paul said, he says, I wanted to come to you. He says, but Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. Let's go to Colossians 4.12. Colossians 4.12. Colossians 4.12. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, one of your number, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings, always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers, that you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. He says, and stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. Go to Colossians 1.6. Let me show you something. The day I, I saw this, Colossians 1.6. He 
It says, which has come to you just as in all the world, also it is constantly bearing fruit. He was talking about the word of God. Let's read from verse 5 so we can have context, please. Colossians 1 from verse 5. It says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you have previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. See, the gospel which has come to you just as in all the world, also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard it. The message bearing fruit since the day you heard it, it says, and understood the grace of God in truth. Verse 7, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved born servant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on your behalf. So, uh, Colossians 1, 5, 6, 7 tells us that Epaphras taught them the gospel. What did he do in Colossians 4.12? He was praying for them. That what will happen? Colossians 4.12. Now go to Colossians 4.12. That they will stand assured in what? In all the will of God. Colossians 4.12. It says, We will stand, make you stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. Which means the word taught was backed up by laboring prayers. That word labor is agonize. Let's have the NLT. Colossians 4.12. To agonize. It's like a woman in labor praying that the people who heard the message would be walking in the will of God. If you look at it, it says fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. So we are praying that you will follow the will of God. So it means the will of God had to be prayed so they will follow it. Let me show you another scripture. Um, 1 Thessalonians 2.18 We wanted very much to come to you, I and I, we wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. Who is writing the scripture? Paul. He wants to go and preach the gospel. Say, Satan prevented them. Use the amplified version. Say, Satan hindered us. Use the amplified version. One translation says, Satan obstructed us. Satan hindered and impeded us. Why? Satan doesn't want the gospel preached. This was Paul writing. He said, we wanted to come times and, and times again. He says, but Satan obstructed us. Child of God, if you think you are going to stroll into the will of God for your life, you are joking. You see, that's why people who ought to be spiritual giants are still carnal Christians. You know what Paul says? He says, when you ought to be teachers, you have need that what will happen, someone will teach you again. I've said it times without number. See how the enemy is coming against Christianity with force. Hmm? Go to our campuses. Go to, just go to our campuses and see evil planted. You know, there were days where if you're a member of a court, you used to hide it secretly. Right? You had secret greeting. You had secret things. People didn't even know. Today, it's Christians that hide. Courtists are everywhere. They block the road. Yeah? In those days, courtists couldn't come to a burial openly. Today, they will take over the burial. The pastor will pray quickly. I say, let's run, run up. They're coming. They're coming. The, the re-owners of the burial. They will match. I mean, evil brought daylight. How do you think we are going to conquer those forces? How do you think those souls are going to be rescued? They are men who must yet lay down their lives for the gospel in prayers. And child of God, we don't have all the time in the world. 
before you realize you are old and you're gone. The question is, would you have fulfilled God's will for your generation? If we spend all our days in these little battles, when are we going to reach for the higher things of life? Hallelujah. When will God trust us and approach us from our nations to other nations to do the will of God? When we cannot even do the will of God with the bike rider, we're still struggling. You see, we're going to pray. And I want you to pray for your life. That Lord, I want to get into your will. And child of God, if there is anything that matters to me right now, truth of the matter is, with the things God is showing me in scripture and the things I'm seeing happening in this world, it's for every one of us to be at the center of God's will, driving Satan back to where he belongs. Getting back into our schools. Getting back into our universities. Because, I mean, why are we here if God cannot use us? Why are we here? I mean, what are we doing? Because if you realize for most of us, just few people, for most of us, we have completed the circle of life. You understand what I mean? You know what the circle of life is? Hmm? Give birth to you. Right? Come on. What happens? Go to school. Talk to me. What's the next thing? Get a job. What's the next thing? Get married. What's the next thing? Eh? Get children. Right? Is the circle not complete? You started as a child. You now have a child. For some of you, it's just two steps to that circle. You already have a job. It's just man and child that is left. And that can come in two years, even one year. Get married in January, January 1st. Get married January 1st. Uh, get pregnant January 1st, ninth. Nine months is what? <laughs> uh, nine months is September. Okay. Uh, by September 31st. So you can see that that two circle can be Next, almost in one year, you can complete that two circle. Yeah. You can complete that two circle. So, what I'm trying to say is, why is God still giving you long life? And you know why most of us still want, want long life? We want to see our children complete that circle again. That's why you ask people, I will see my grandchildren. I will see, I say, nah, that's just what I'm praying for. What else is it like? You know, your whole life is just focused on seeing that circle. But there are 7 billion people in the world. Not everyone is born again. Not everyone is walking in the light of God's word. Not everybody who sits in church knows what you know. What's your responsibility to them? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.